right, everybody, welcome back one more time to the Scorgy Cast. This is episode number four, and I'm really excited to have Gary Trainer here with me. Gary, thanks a lot for coming. Oh, no problem. Glad to be here. Glad um, to be here. Yeah, this is uh, really cool. I was a big fan of New Math. Um, in the first episode, I had talked about um, my first time in a bar was actually the Electric Circus, and New Math was playing, and <laughs> so... Uh, like so I think you are that, 18 then, right? Uh, maybe not even. Not but, even? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing when it turned from 18 to 21. You right, know? yeah. So that was like, I think, 78 or 79. Is that like, how long were you? Yeah. How long yeah. had you guys been around? I think it, we started at 77. Okay. And as I mentioned, we started new math, and you had to have... In those days, you had to have a manager, you had to have three sets a night, and you had to bring your own PA to any of the clubs. If you played the Penny Arcade, Orange Monkey, um, any of the bars out of town, um, that was the way you had to go. And so, uh, of course, doing three sets meant a lot of covers, because we were just starting to write some yeah some stuff because i found a lot uh some old tapes that we did um where dale wrote a lot of the songs robert wrote the songs um stuff you've never heard oh i would love that so i'll bring that love that back out to you yeah because uh, i got it it was on a reel to reel which you can't find anymore mm -hmm. and i found somebody to put it on a disc digital so um yeah, it's a couple of some, uh, just a lot of songs, uh, some early songs that Kevin and I wrote, you haven't heard, you know, London Holiday, uh, some of the stuff that was in our first set. So, uh, so who was in the band at that time? At that time, it was um, Kevin and I, and then um, we got Paul Dodd. Right. And, uh, and then Dale, um, we called him Dale Solo, but his real name is Dale Minsky. And uh, he pulled up, I was living on Vassar Street at the time, just off of um, Park Avenue. Robert drove Dale, and they pulled in the driveway, and like Iggy Pop was blasting out of the car. So we kind of said, you know, that, that's a good sign. <laughs> and so Dale tried out that night, and then we decided to, to have Robert play bass, and, but he never played bass before. But we, in those days, that was the mindset. It was like, well, if you can't play, that's okay. Yeah. It's more if you have, um, if you have the attitude, um, which he did. I mean, Robert. So what I, were you doing then? If he was, I bass? played guitar. Oh, okay. I was a guitar player. Right. Like die trying solo was me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Robert was on bass, and every night I would teach Robert how to play bass and we rehearsed a lot like six days a week yeah because we weren't very good and uh we <laughs> wanted to be but sure um so uh i taught him three sets a night and um and we went out and and in the meantime you know the the new wave punk thing was hitting in london and new york and so we went down to New York, and we would open for bands and just play our one set, and 
there'd be other bands. So all you needed was one set. Everything was there for you, the PA, the lights, nice. everything. Um, it was none of this three sets a night, bring your own PA, uh, having to have a manager, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So um, we were, our rehearsal space was at the Cox Building on St. Paul Street. And I, it's right next to the um, the bus terminal now. Okay. But if you see that, uh, I don't know, Dominion Street or whatever it is that runs alongside um, our rehearsal hall, there was a um, kind of a dirty bookstore there it was, uh, where they had like live dolls right. where the yeah. door yeah, would yeah. go up. And, uh, yeah. Well, that was right. Our, our, our rehearsal space, which was huge, which was why... Things are coming out now with uh, uh, Greg Prevost putting out. I don't know if you saw the last release with him that I'm on. Oh, no, I didn't know you were on that. Yeah, he released, uh, I did uh, Fortune Teller. Well, we we had such a big space that other people would come up. That's where, you know, kind of like Peggy Fournier would come up. Uh, Some of the girls that were in Target. And um, so that's where they kind of started to develop and I think where Paul got the idea to maybe play with his wife. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Greg would come up and we'd do some things with him. and Because and, um, it was a big space. And uh, after rehearsal, um, we went down and Scorgie had just opened the bar, his bar. Right. It, yeah. it was just the upstairs. It was all very nautical. Okay. So we went in. And we would have drinks after rehearsal at Scorchy's. And then Kevin Patrick asked Don if he could put his singles in the jukebox, because Kevin was an avid record collector. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know. He had just enormous amounts of records, singles, and things. And so he would put it, he put his singles, which he was trading with um Howard Thompson in England, um, and he was sending over the Hot Rods, Eddie and Hot Rods, you know, the the Ramones, uh, Sex Pistols, all that stuff er, very early, sure. 76, I think, and cool. 77. And so we were putting, and reggae, we were big on reggae, and so we put all that in the jukebox. Well, then other people who were getting in tune with, with what was hitting, yeah. Uh, decided to go to Scorgie's and hang out there. He hadn't opened the downstairs yet. And um, then he sat us down and said, well, I'm just thinking of opening the uh, downstairs, and would you want to play? And that was when we told him, well, we've been going to New York, and what you need to do is have a PA and lights and PA and lights and everything here, um, and then the band will pay them out of their money and the opening act and everything so he said sure so he would give the band the whole door and then the band was responsible for booking the opening act for paying for the pa and lights out of their door at the end of the day and of course you know we had i think probably had high techs probably open and of course then they knew you know we'll do the same thing We'll open, we'll get an opening act, sure. and we'll, so other bands came along 
and decided, you know, they can also do the same thing. And that's pretty much how Scorgies got going. This is fascinating. And then, I had no idea about all this. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Danny was working there and he decided to, uh, you know, book. They were booking the national acts that started to come and say, we would open for the Ramones and, and then the cliches open for the cramps or, you know, things like that that was starting to happen, uh-huh. um, which was, uh, and nobody had to play three sets a night. It was just, you know, switched to happen at that time. Because when we played, I remember us playing the Penny Arcade, and all the same things were the fact we 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 brought our stereo in to use as a PA. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, we got there, and they had punk socks T-shirts on. Um, the the bar people. The bar people oh, nice. all had punk socks. Um, they were ready for us. They threw eggs at us. I I think Paul still has the. Uh, it was uh, New Math and Target uh, at the Penny Arcade. It still has eggs oh, all over God. it and everything. He has it up on his wall. It was a pretty good poster because uh, Robert was a... Uh, he did silk screening and all that stuff. He was now, a, now, how long was Robert in the band? Well, he was in the band until uh, 1980, I think. Oh. Was, and then 1980... We had decided that uh, for a lot of personal reasons, uh, Kevin and Robert had a falling out. And so we kind of fired him. And I went to base. And Mark Schwartz, who was my roommate at the time, and I 
been playing with in bands. Um, we brought him on, on keyboards and to replace me on guitar. And then Dale stayed for not very long. Okay. And Paul had quit because it was just too much for him. Was he in both bands at the time, or did? Uh, no, no, no. He he, and you know, he decided to go with his with the with the um, high techs. High techs at the time, and so we needed a drummer. We needed another guitarist, and so that was when um, Roy Stein joined the band. Yeah, remember that. Well, actually, we had um, Bobby. I don't know if you remember Bobby. He was called Bam Bam. I don't think so. Um, he actually, he's on a couple of uh, professional photos and things. Okay. When we released uh, Die Trying on CBS, he was on the CBS stuff. Uh, he didn't last too long, though, because he just, you know, wasn't showing up for rehearsals. I mean, we were, like I said, every night yeah. playing, and especially at this time, now we're trying to, regroup and and he wasn't showing up and uh so that was when um we we got roy stein in the band and roy brought um chris yackel okay and so and this time it became the, the 1980 version which was chris yackel kevin patrick roy stein myself and mark schwartz yep yep and uh that was when we were starting to write um, the songs like uh, Invocation of My Demon Brother and um, They Walk Among You. And Dale wasn't into any of that. Okay. I mean, he, would, he just didn't like it. And so that was when uh, he got replaced. And that was the new lineup. And that was when we went in and recorded the EP for the They Walk Among You EP. Howard Thompson flew over and he had produced Die Trying. And uh, again, he was an A&R man with uh, Island Records at the time, and he had signed Eddie and the Hot Rods, Ultravox, um, uh, Psychedelic Furs. He signed them. He was their A&R guy. It seems, mentioning those, some of those bands, it seems like, um, as a fan, when I remember, it seems like you started off kind of sounded a little like Eddie and the Hot Rods-ish, and then at one point, Got a little psychedelic furry. Is that were you like influenced by? Yeah, a lot definitely, of those bands? yeah. And Rookie Erickson, Howard a actually put out the Evil One, mm -hmm. um, and so I got a copy of that early on and really loved it. And so I was very influenced by Rookie Erickson and psychedelic furs uh, because you know how you know, and that was how we we ended up touring with the psychedelic furs and. Um, opening four of them here in Rochester two or three times uh -huh. um, because of that Howard Thompson. Then Howard moved to New York. And then that was, you know, as we moved on, you know, Kevin went to New York and kind of ended up getting a job with the record label. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one it was. I can't remember now. Uh, and he moved to New York. And that was when we had put out the... Uh, Sundown on Venus album. So were you, was that the end of the band, or were you still no, together? No, we still put out two more albums after okay. that. Um, we gave that to 415 Records, and they paid for the pressings 
and the covers and, you know, and they pretty much lost out pretty, even though, again, I think, you know, everybody wants the They Walk Among You album now. Right. In those days, you know. And then um, we did the second EP and it was on Brain Eater Records, which was Steve Pross's label, which went under just after he pressed our record. It went under. So the... Did the record come out? Uh, no. Oh. So if you get a copy of the the second EP, uh, it's called Gardens. And then Steve Pross moved to L.A., and he's the one that put together the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. Okay. Which is how we ended up on that, it was because Steve was our good friend. So it's all a matter of, you know, who was your friends? We locked out because our friends were helping us. Sure. And so there was some kind of like, how come you guys are getting record deals and we're not? It's just because of you know who you know. Sure. And again, Howard Thompson. I you know, and I admit you know, if I had never met Kevin or Howard, uh, I don't know where I would be now. I, I certainly wouldn't be here doing this. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you are. Podcast. <laughs> glad you are. Um, so you know, it all comes from who you know, I guess. Kevin, you know, uh, like even recently, he has a uh, podcast called Too Many Records, Too Little Time. Oh, no kidding. And he has a, a, 
his usual policy uh, for that is that it has to be released as a single on vinyl. So, and But he let that go, and he just played a couple of cliches songs on his podcast oh, um, that only came that. out on tape, I think. Um, but he let his policy go. Some of, some of the other bands that played there, like um, Can't Be in the Frenchman and uh, um, 145, I think. Yeah, now 145, uh, Paul was actually an original member. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he lived here in Rochester at the time when we were forming the first band. This was, um, we were called uh, White Riot, and it was uh, me on guitar, I think, (laughs) and Paul was on guitar and singing. Um, because again, we were just, every, you know, we were very affected. You talking about Paul Dodd? No, oh. uh, Paul Armstrong oh, from okay. 415. All right. Uh, he was here for school. Uh, he went to RIT and, uh, as soon as school was over, he moved back to Syracuse and that was when he formed, uh, 415 or he had another band too. So was Cappy and the Frenchman a local band? I don't even know. Yeah, they were local too. So Paul would come and and do the shows with us from Syracuse or it was kind of in the thing about knowing about Scorchies and knowing to play there. Paul was a good friend. And apparently, I I think he's still playing. Is there there any like uh, plans for um, Jet Black Berries or a a New Math incarnation to play out at all? Or I don't know. I mean, again, it's, it's been 10 years early on when we broke up in 88 i mean roy didn't want to have i mean roy was just no to everything he just you know i want to move forward don't want to keep going back mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think um, i saw him in a band recently um lips turn blue no <laughs> it was uh it was at abilene out out in the patio in the back and um they did i think it was a cover songs um Jeez, what were they mm. called? Can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was him, though. It was like a three-piece band. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, what uh, he's been with, you know, with a few bands, um, you know, probably playing shows. You know, they get a hold. He's a very professional drummer, so mm-hmm. he can play anything. Right. Um, the Lips Turn Blue band is is basically. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Black Sheep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The guitar player from Black Sheep, where uh, um, what's his name moved on to Foreigner. Yeah, Lou Graham. And, and Lou Graham, um, the guitar player, um, you know, just kind of stayed here. Uh huh. Donnie, I think I don't remember. Yes, Donnie Mancuso. Mancuso, right. So that's his band, Lips okay. Turn Blue. And so Roy's been playing with them. No, no, that's not the one I saw. Maybe it wasn't Roy. I don't know. I thought it was for some reason. Um, so um, I'm not sure, but you know, because he's a professional, uh, he, he does get asked to play. Yeah, you know. I don't know if he considers himself in the band. I know he did with Lips Turn Blue, um, and and they they they're kind of almost national. Oh, pretty much. And and then uh, obviously you're in a new band. I just saw you the other night. So yeah, what's going yep. on with that? Yeah, well, um, they had a. Uh, about 10 years ago, these guys were um, Driftwood Sailors, and um, they had they were ba- a backing band for uh, 
Amanda Lee Pierce. Okay, remember them. And yeah, and I caught them because I knew Andy brief, just briefly. And so when I saw the band, I mean, I really thought she was great. I mean, it was just, and I thought that um, it was a great band. So I, I kind of, you know, followed them around and, you know, was interested in what they were doing. And then, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I got a text from Andy, you know, because he still had my number, asking if I would try out for Devil's Pension. Um, they were forming this band at the time. They were just forming it. And so I went out and I tried out, and they all seemed to be again on the same level, you know, same same page. Page, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, again, they they were, they like uh, the Cramps, and you know, you know, a lot of the bands that I liked. So uh, of course, you start out with cover tunes, and they wanted the cover tunes they had me learn was uh, Iggy Pop and the Cramps and things like that. So it was a you know pretty good fit right from the start. Sure. And then they started writing the originals. And so uh, I was really happy with them. So we worked about a year. And then now we're just starting to play out pretty much. This is our, cool. this is maybe our fourth gig. The, uh, just the graphics, I don't know who does that, but the posters and the t-shirts, they just look Yeah, fantastic. yeah, that's uh, Paul the drummer. He owns a oh. graphics. Okay. Um, They're really sharp. It's called uh, Hide the Bodies. <laughs> good great name <laughs> uh printing and so he prints all the stuff does all that so yeah that's that's a great you know uh advantage you know and again you know i don't have to say anything you know they do this work and and i'm happy with it awesome so so i'm real happy i haven't had to write anything yet okay <laughs> were you were you writing like songs in the new math yeah the, I have almost everything that's what i thought but then pretty much, you know, you know, die trying. They walk among you. Uh, yeah, I thought that was um, you. You know, I wrote all of that. I did not write. They get uh, can't get off the ground. Oh, that's okay. Dale's. Okay. What is what is um? Do you know what he's doing nowadays? Is he still around? Or? He's in New York. He he's a photographer in New York City. Okay. Um, there was a band called the Human Switchboard out of Cleveland. They came here and opened for us, and a lot of those clubs that like you first saw us in mm -hmm. they would open for us and they had a female keyboard player and dale married her <laughs> and they live in new york city and that's the best i know we didn't we didn't part on good terms oh okay i know he's still in touch with danny it uh um Abilene. Abilene. Mm -hmm. And he's still in touch with, you know, the cliches. What's his name from the cliches? And uh, actually, a, a while back, I'd say it was, was it 2004 or five, a, a, a company got a hold of me and they were going to release stuff digitally, uh, all bands that have, are discontinued or, you know. So they got a hold of me, and they wanted to release new math um, on this label. I can't even remember the name of the label. Um, so I sent them everything, the singles. They said, you know, made digital copies, sent it back. Um, and it was a whole idea that people would go out and download the cover and everything. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call 
from the guy at this label saying, well, I just got a call from Dale Mincy and he wants his money. <laughs> and there, there really isn't any. <laughs> There's no money. <laughs> There's no money. <laughs> so he had, uh, um, and even this new, we have a new venture uh, with uh, Propeller Recordings. It's going to reissue all of the new math on vinyl oh. this year. Like oh. Die trying on Record Store Day and all this kind of stuff. It's coming up. And I told him to, he has to leave out anything that has to do with Dale. Yeah. You know, Good can't choice. get off the ground or any of that stuff, unfortunately, because uh, it gets too messy. That's too bad. You know, and I, I told you I found all these songs that Dale wrote and Robert wrote and Dale and Robert wrote and everything, but I wouldn't release any of it. Oh, man, that's too bad. Um, I mean, I might, if you have a way to make a copy of the, of the, of the CD. Oh, yeah. And then you can do with it what you want. I mean, again, I think this podcast, um, again, there's no money. <laughs> so um, if you do get a call, maybe you'll get a call from Dale. Oh, no, Which no. would be good. <laughs> Which would be good, you know. No, I don't think that many people are listening to you. That you're <laughs> uh, well, he thinks there is. Because, <laughs> um, again, these are, uh, oh, Songs nobody's heard.
love to hear those just for my own you i mean i wouldn't do anything with them but i mean this was pretty much a lot of our repertoire in those days mm -hmm. you know, so many songs written by dale black heart black soul uh um Evil, the song called Were they Evil. the same style as you were playing in the early no, days? No, pretty much it was, it was almost like television-ish. Okay. With two guitars, bass, drums. That sounds very Yeah, very New york -y guitar. Uh -huh. um, you'd have to hear it. Yeah. You know, um, totally nothing like, you know, again, when I started doing They Walk Among You and Invocation of My Demon Brother, again, it was not, you know, it just wasn't Dale's cup of tea. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't. He was more. I mean, you get you get more of a sense of what he was like from these tapes. You know how you know how he played. Mm -hmm. What kind of what kind of music you listen to on your own? Like, do you listen to different stuff now? Same kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess I have. I I like. I mean, to tell the truth, I like I like Volbeat. I like Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check some of these out. You never heard of ghosts? No. no. Oh, really? They're huge. Really? Oh my like what God. kind of music? What style is it? It's heavy metal. Uh, he comes out dressed like a. He looks like a pope, a dead pope. <laughs> How do you love not love a dead pope? <laughs> yeah, he's got a name for. It. Uh, nobody even knew who they were. And then the, the rest of them play in these rubber-looking, you know, like uh, bondage-looking oh, masks wow. with devil horns on them. No kidding. You know, they're very huge. I mean, I, I think they're probably the biggest band out there right now. No kidding. I mean, that's I, why I, it's I sort of like, you know, I mean, they're... But I love what they're doing, but <laughs> just because it's like, and and the crowds are here. You ever heard of Volbeat? Yeah. No. no. I'm probably mm. out of the loop with newer stuff. I, I kind of, mm -hmm. I listen to old stuff. Yeah, Volbeat, uh, it's, it's really funny. Um, recently, you know, we, we, we did a Misfits song called uh, Angel Fuck. Yep. Nope. Well, they do Angel Fuck. And then I had this idea that there was a band that Kevin had signed, and you know they did um, "Keep Your Hands to Yourself." Uh, You're talking the old Georgia Satellites. Georgia Satellites. Oh, okay. Well, Kevin signed Georgia. Satellites. Yeah, I remember that. And um, and they did a song called "Battleship Chains." Okay. And I I thought, no, oh, this would be, you know Kevin would love it if we did this. Uh, we should do Battleship Chains. I go out, Volby does a cover of Battleship Chains. No kidding. <laughs> Every time I think of an idea. Uh, yeah. Get em, get uh, they, they go, they get it first. Well, you got to move on it faster. So, uh, and and some of the other guys in the band think they're too commercial as a mm. punk band, as okay. a punk metal thing. But I, I, I think they're very good. And I think that if we... <laughs> How about local bands? Is there any um, bands that you? Well, I or love the opening band that we had. The they were good. Day. And you know, at the end of the night, the guitar player came up with me all my records to sign. Really? He had uh, all the singles from Archive. He had the They Walk Among You and the Gardens, um, which I said was very hard to find. 
for me to sign. He's a huge fan. Wow. He's only 33, so God knows he was not yeah. even born. Yeah. And then um, I heard um, T-Rex. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah I got T-Rex on the wall over there. He's yeah, my, yeah, he's yeah. my favorite. You think that was why we got Susie in the band, because of all those, high, you know, we tried the, the vocals. Uh -huh. We're like... Not working. <laughs> it's not working, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was cool. That was a surprise. And, and then the uh, Misfit song that we did after that, too, the and Shaking Too Much, you know, that song. We, we did okay, it right yeah. after the... It has a... Because a, a, uh, the Misfits did it with a, a band called Girls' School. Okay. And uh, it, it's an old uh, Johnny and the Pirates song. All right. Which, again, is, is sort of like, you know, what punk does is goes back to... Johnny Kidd and the Pirates and, and um, uh, you know, a lot of the early rock and roll. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff and just punked it out. Yeah. So uh, I, I like that. Uh, I'm just getting out and seeing, you know, from opening bands, you know, what might be around. Yeah, me too. I'm, it seems to be, I mentioned this in a different episode too, but it seems to be like there's almost like a new scene going on a lot of young bands coming out and playing cool music other than all the cover bands and tribute bands that are out there that you know I just, yeah that's it's, pretty it's nice much, to see original bands coming out. uh yeah pretty much uh um but that was what happened you know in 1977 is that you don't need a record label just go in and record your songs or nowadays it's, you don't even have to do that you right. can do it at home or record your songs put them out yourself you don't need anybody mm -hmm. you write your own songs uh however the the burst of creativity that happened from 77 to absolutely 87 it's you you can't it's it's phenomenal isn't it? Isn't it? Look at the Jam, the Cramps, uh, yeah. the Clash. All of these bands, the creativity that happened, this all happened, well, except for Funhouse. And, <laughs> but, you know, and she, she led it. Led, I mean, Patti Smith is the one that got me. I saw Patti Smith live at Brockport in 1976. No. See, Somebody, I, I hate just when horses first came out. See, Elvis I, Costello opened. Oh my god! You know, see, I I didn't know about that show, and I I hate hearing about that because I missed it. And, and I she never pretty much, she you know, was the one that you know battle call. You know, get out, pick up your guitar, get out there, and just do it. That was her thing, and I that was what got me. You know, caused me to. You know, I gotten the horses album because you know I'm a big follower of William Burroughs. I have been since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, I've met him, I've studied really? under him, um, and of course, he did the liner notes for horses. Wow, um, which was what led me to you know it was more I was led there, and of course, John Cale produced it. Um, you know, a lot of you know. Yeah. So, and then seeing that live, I mean, we we followed her around the next couple of years. I mean, I've seen her at least a hundred times. I don't know. See, I've never seen. I would Patty go to Smith. New York. She do. I mean, she just did it again. Actually, uh, a New Year's Eve show. I mean, I went down there, uh, you know, at least three years in a row for a Patty Smith show on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. You know, with Robert. 
Um, That's we, amazing. Um, we were following, you know, you know, I saw Iggy Pop with David Bowie on keyboards and all, I mean, I saw, you know, I've been, you know, all the shows that I, I just, it was so easy. It was $50 to fly to New York, you know, when JetBlue first came out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Howard had apartments and a couple other friends had apartments in New York. Uh, and then, when, of course, when Kevin moved there, you know, I was down there all the time staying with Kevin and going out and seeing all the shows. And- yeah, I had um, I had a friend who went to school out there after high school, and we used to take the train, Amtrak, a we couple did a few times, times a year. And we, we I saw, um, I didn't see any of those people. I wish I did, but I saw like... Echo and the Bunny Men, and um, well, so I would love to see them. Uh, see, I didn't. saw Johnny Thunders. Uh, well, that's why with this band, I mean, uh, Bryce, the guitar player, you know, loves Johnny Thunder and the oh, Heartbreakers, yeah. <laughs> he just loves them, you know, which is great. Like I said, it's such a, a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, we do uh, Love Comes in Spurts, okay. Yeah, it was like, let's do Love Comes in Spurts, you know? It's just like, okay, no problem, <laughs> you know? You know, pulling out these yeah, that's songs, awesome. you know, it's just, you know, because um, we did a show in the summer where we had to play an hour and a half, so we learned a lot of songs. Yeah. You know, a lot of songs that you didn't hear, you haven't heard. Um, but again, you put together all the originals that you have and then pepper it with. Uh-huh. And that's all you need to do you know, when you only do one set a night, you know what I mean? But we, I still, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, I do think, like, say, the opening band, that, that um, you know, they didn't do any covers at all. And nothing really familiar to uh-huh. people. And I, I, I do think that you kind of need to put in a couple covers, a couple familiar things. Because yeah. people like, you know, you could just see it on their faces. Yeah. That if you keep bombarding them with, with stuff that you know, I mean they like it, but it's better to kind of yeah. Like again, we do Google Mock, and just recently, I don't know if you've caught the show um, Wednesday. It's about uh, what show? It's it's a show on Netflix called Wednesday. Oh, and it's about Adam's family. Wednesday is from she's the young oh, you girl. The, the old TV show, The Adams Family. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, and and then um, that director, Tim, I think he did Tim Adams, Burton? Tim Burton. Okay. And he's behind it. All right. The show. Well, I have, well I have on the show out. Wednesday goes to a school that her mom went to. You know, and it's kind of you know, a magical, yeah, evil thing, and in the middle of that show. They play Google Muck by the Cramps, and she does this dance that oh, yeah. I that I think hit, you know, like a what do you call it when it's hot? Yeah, uh-huh. a lot of hits and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so I know, you know, like that sort of, sort of that weird Kate Bush thing that just happened. Um, that she was on that other show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and it made her. And real it made, I again. mean, she was she she surpassed Harry Styles as number one in England. Yeah. It made it to number one over Harry Styles, believe it or not. And and, and this one didn't quite do that. But I know if we play Google Mock, people are the whole audience is gonna know it from that. Not know it from that. Yeah. And 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 I'm sure their their eyes would brighten up and they'd be, oh my god, that song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I well, you know, again, you're the, what you're there for is to is to hopefully get the audience. Uh-huh. 
Well, see, I it's guess getting, the thing is, the devil's pension's got to get on a TV show, and then you'll be all set. I know. Believe me, I know. Yeah, well, this has been awesome. I'm just, I'm just, cool. st- I'm thrilled you're here. I was, uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm yeah. a little starstruck, actually. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, thank you very much. Um, sure, sure. This is going to be an awesome episode, and I can't wait to put it out and okay. have everyone listen to it. Die trying, or die trying.